Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. It's the same three idiots here again this week. There's Keith Cook, I'm JT, Mac Banks to my left. We're back in our normal positions. No interview this week, but we will have an interview with Fort Mill head softball coach Will Jamison. That'll be coming up hopefully next weekend if I can get my butt in gear. But we're going to start this week's program by talking about a state championship that got dished out this week. So that's always great news. Mac, tell us who and how. Well, who being the Nation 4 boys lacrosse team, uh, went down to Irmo and the uh, neutral site and uh, beat Wando, getting some revenge from last year's uh, state championship loss. So they beat them Saturday night, 13 to 10. And uh, a lot of kids missed their senior prom, for senior and junior prom for that. But it's a memory that they will never forget. So uh, Nation 4 boys lacrosse team won the 5A state championship, beating um, – Wando 13 to 10, and I'm telling you this right now, Josh Amayo is probably, by the time he graduates, he's a sophomore at NAFO, by the time he graduates, he's probably going to be the best boys lacrosse player I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's that good. He's He had seven goals out of their 13 on in, in the championship game. He scored 84 goals this season good heavens and he's he should as a junior next year he should break the school record for nation four in the first two or three games it's insane how good he is and he'll probably i mean granted if he has another season next year like he does this season he'll probably hit the 200 mark um and he could very easily finish in four years in 2025 with 250 goals if not more and maybe another state championship yeah hopefully hopefully another state title for nation for it i mean they've got a good nucleus coming back um they're losing some people they're lo- losing uh josh's older brother owen amayo um several other people but they've got a good nucleus and it you know they could they could very easily be back in the same spot uh this time next year but um Congrats to them. It's well deserved. They uh, they've kind of put the Fort Mill Township back on the map regarding lacrosse. You know, because when Fort Mill started their program way before Nation Ford, you know, really got there started and got it off the ground. You know, Fort Mill won you know several state titles, and the Fort Mill girls program won a state title. So initially, Fort Mill was kind of the team to beat. But now that 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 torch has been passed to Nation Ford, so good for them. And uh, you know, it's it's going to be a uh, a wild ride next year and see if they can defend that state title. Well, it's always good when you can try to when you can actually not try, but when you actually slay a dragon. And we all know the dragon that Wando is. Uh, they are a that they are almost the the measuring stick, if you will. Uh, in a lot of sports, not just lacrosse. So for Nation Ford to do that and to win that 
and win a state championship. Congratulations to them. Uh, big ups. That's an outstanding, not just Emil, but the entire coaching staff, all those players, those parents. Uh, winning a state championship, that feeling, uh, you'll never forget it. Uh, it'll be something you remember forever. I understand the whole prom situation. I think that's unfortunate. Uh, but I would be honest with you, as a player uh, or as a coach, honestly, if you gave me a choice between a chance at a state championship or prom, I'm going after the ring. But that's oh, just me. Oh, 100%. And, and this is something these guys are never going to forget. Right. You know, I, I don't remember my junior senior prom either, but I'm also 55 years old, so that <laughs> that goes without saying. But I would remember That's the state a totally championship. separate podcast, right? Right. But I would have remembered a state championship, and the and the cool thing about it really is that they've slayed two dragons in one tournament, and that's the Dorman Cavaliers, which we all mm-hmm. know very well in this town, and uh, Wando. And uh, I haven't quite contacted my brother-in-law yet, but he went to Wando, so this would be a really nice uh, pie in, in the face. face, huh? Rub it in his face. Oh, I'm going to. I just have completely forgotten about it. But, yeah, congratulations. And, and, and a lot of times when you get over that hump, so to speak, and you win that state championship, you know what it's like. You know you, you've been there before at that point. And so with the nucleus that Mac was talking about, they do have a good opportunity to, to repeat as state champions next year. And one thing Coach, uh, head coach Corey Turner said is, like, last year when they lost, it's one of those things It was a learning experience they had to kind of go through that to, you know, taste that bitterness, to know what it takes to get back. And, and uh, I talked to Owen Amayo a little bit after, um, and he said he took the silver medal that they give people who finish second and everything, and he hung it in his locker. And he looked at that thing every day before practice, changing, getting ready, to, you know, putting the uniform on to go out there and practice. And he looked at it every day, and he's like, "We got to get back. We got to get back." And when they got back, he's like, "I'm not losing." Like, and and one thing that amazed me last night is every time Nation Four needed a goal, they'd give it to Josh. And you know, Wanda did a real good job of running the clock, kind of milking the clock, and just getting time off the clock. And so they would get possession and they just kind of hold the ball, kind of like running a four corners in basketball. And they, you know, they'd try to score, but they'd also pass it around and, and not, you know, turn the ball over. So when Nation Ford would get it, their possession and their time of possession was a lot lower because Josh would just run down the field, score. All right, then you go to another faceoff. So it was, it was kind of amazing how well he could do that and just basically take the in basketball terms, take the ball on the inbounds, dribble up court. You're taking the air out of the basketball, so to speak. Yeah, you're taking you're they taking can't everything score out. if they don't have possession. Right, right. And so, but every time you know Nation Ford will get it, you know that's what they would do. And and I mean he wasn't the only one. You know, Luke Letterhose scored three goals. You know Ryan Kell scored two, and then Owen Amayo scored one. So, but it was it was Josh almost single handedly beat. Wando, and it was a very impressive performance that will probably be remembered a long time in this town, especially for NAFO fans. Yeah, so once again, congratulations to all of those outstanding players and coaches and and those parents. It it takes a village. Every program at all three of these schools in this town, it takes a village, and it's a special village. Each team has their own, and uh, you'd be amazed at how much work and dedication, blood, sweat, and tears goes in 
to that and, and for them to get that ultimate reward he can take that silver medal and give it to his mom tell her to put it in a drawer here's the gold one and wear it around his neck very proudly heck i would that's for sure um they weren't the only lacrosse team in action this past week uh the fort mill lady yellow jackets were at home down at the bob as you call it bob jones stadium yep and they welcomed longtime nemesis the jl man patriots into the hive and it didn't quite go as as scripted yeah it was a it was a struggle it was one of those defensive battles that just didn't go fort mill's way um jail man is is a very tough very good program you know uh lydia laney finished her career an outstanding career here and uh i think she ended up with 204 205 career goals somewhere in there 204 205 career somewhere in there i can't remember the exact number but um, yeah, things just did not go their way. They didn't get off to a hot start. And usually one of those things, if they could get off to a good start, they can, um, you know, they can usually pull away. But Laney got a lot of double teams. Um, she didn't get as many open looks and shots like that. So it was, it's a good season, but a, but a disappointing one in how things ended. Ironically, um J.O. Mann lost to Wando in the state finals. Very controversial call. Very controversial. Yeah, they lost. Wando scored within the last 28 seconds. And then J.O. Mann had two opportunities within the final yeah, they actually 33 sc- seconds. They scored a goal with 7.8 seconds yeah. left. But if you watch, watch the video very carefully, before the before the ball leaves the net and goes into the back of the net, you can hear a whistle in the background as the official jumped in and made a call. Mm-hmm. The the Patriots got the ball, yeah. but couldn't do anything with it. And Wanda, I think it was 15-14 was the final. It was 15-14. Yeah. And, and ironically, after Wanda scored their final goal, there's 28.7 seconds left. The refs put five more seconds back on the clock, so it's 33. Jail man tries to set up another shot. They shoot, they score, but there's a penalty, takes that off the board. And then, yeah, so they they had their chances there at the end with – it was literally two seconds left at one point, and it was literally not a face-off, but it was like a free open shot, open shooting space for Jail Man, and it was just one girl and the Wando keeper, and she stopped it, and that was it. And, I mean, that's – I mean, it had me nervous watching it. You know, waiting for the boys' game, and uh, but yeah, it was a wild finish for sure. I mean, you'll hear head coaches say this all the time. My head coach uh, in Fort Mill baseball, Travis Collier, says it all the time. You want to be that team that makes the one extra play, make one more play than the the other team does, and you put yourself in a really good position. That's what that Wando keeper did. Uh, but listen. Congratulations to the Fort Mill Lady Yellow Jackets. Outstanding season. Obviously didn't end the way that any of us wanted. Uh, really hoping those young ladies could bring home a state championship. But still a great year nonetheless and a great career by Lydia Laney. Appreciate all her hard work. She's going to be dynamite at Xavier. Uh, they're getting a, a, not just a great player but a great person. Um, she's just all around gold. Um, I wonder what it is with the, the lacrosse players in this town. They're all moving to Ohio. Because she's at no Xavier, a um, Catherine Barhorst is going to Cincinnati, and her older sister's at Ohio State. So it's uh, it's crazy that they're 
I, I never associated Ohio with lacrosse, so I'm not trying to be funny about it. It's just I've never really well, it, thought right, about so it. It brings up a good question, and, and off the top of my head, I wonder if it's because their are lacrosse programs here in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, maybe aren't as established. Well, it's, it's a more of a northern Cincinnati, sport. And it right. has, and yeah, it's trickled. It that's a great point. Clemson just started their lacrosse program, mm-hmm. and this was their those ladies' first year. Right. So it takes some time uh, to build up a, a legacy, a heritage, a tradition, all that stuff, right, as a program. So these young ladies are really good lacrosse players. They want to go somewhere that's established where they could get a foothold on the national scene. That's not That here. must be it. Yeah, and, and I always associated with Maryland, Virginia, the Tidewater area up in the northeast because right. the UNC lacrosse players were all from that area. So I never really thought that it reached a little bit further. I mean, I guess Maryland being in the Big Ten, that's kind of been a jump starter for uh, lacrosse up there. And, you know, now women's lacrosse is very popular in, in uh, across the country for that matter. So, But regardless, you know, Lydia had a great career and looking forward to see what she does at Xavier. Yeah, absolutely. And to that staff, great job. Uh, those parents, those fans, hey, a lot to be proud of. Hold your, your head high. Uh, switching gears, there was some baseball played in the Milltown this week. Uh, and it involved all three teams and one big wicked triangle. Uh, but really, I would argue, Keith, that the uh, the real winner this week was Mother Nature. Uh, she kind of took the horns to several teams and made them just an absolute mess of the schedule this week. I think your beloved Falcons, they had to take on cross-rival Catawba Ridge earlier this week. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an interesting Mother Nature week. She is a mad scientist, as we all know. Falcons welcomed uh, former coaches Stas Swarzewski and Michael Lewis back to Nation Ford for what was senior night. It was very well done. Uh, Coach Stack painted the numbers down the first baseline and looked really nice for when the kids walked up and uh, had their were honored there on the field. The game didn't go as well as we had hoped. The Falcons lose 12 to three, but. The bright spot was that, that they had more hits against Jackson Mullen. Jackson Mullen allowed more hits in that game than he has in any game all season I think it was long. Six, six, it? right? Yeah. And that's just—he's just a, a great, great pitcher. And so the fact that they were able to get six on him, they scored two runs. Uh, I mean, you don't want to say that there's a moral victory, but you know, Catawba Ridge—they are for real. Just watching them, they are definitely a state contender. And uh, Stoss and uh, and Mike have them running great. And so it was just a buzzsaw that the Falcons ran into, unfortunately, on their senior night. But it was fun. We uh, got to see all you know some familiar faces over there. And, and despite the loss, um, we were ready to move on. Unfortunately, Mother Nature wasn't going to allow that too much as we were supposed to play no. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, finally Saturday morning. Finally Saturday morning. Finally. Um I'm just going to say this about Catawba Ridge. That's a green and gold buzzsaw. Uh, you're talking about, depending upon what poll you look at, number two in the state, number one in the state, and 4A. That's – they're that good. I'm sorry. They just are. They the are that good. Gonna, the question's going to be, can they get the big hit in the right situation and can they get that extra arm in there to make a run? I think they can. I believe in what Coach Doss is doing over there. Um I think Coach Lewis has been a great addition. I think that this team, although last year's team did a great job, I think this team 
for some reason has a different kind of feel to it. It's almost like uh, it's hard to put my to put words to it. It's almost like an edge. Well, you can feel their confidence, yes. even being down there in the dugout. And I talked to Stosh for a little bit before the game, and he says, you know, the sky's the limit for us, provided that we don't you know get the NAFO nineteen injury bug. And he says, as long as our guys stay healthy, we've got a good shot to win just about any game. Well, I think they're pitching in their bullpens deeper this year than last year. I mean, not that last year's was bad, but is they were just missing that one extra arm, and that can go a long way. I mean, in baseball, you know, you can never you have enough arms. arms. You, you can never have arms, enough. At least three arms. If you've got three arms with the way the schedule works out, you can make a deep run, and you can be a state championship contender. But not even that, just bullpen. Yeah. I mean, you got to have yeah. – s- Well, that's what I mean. You yeah. know. When you say when I say three arms, I don't mean necessarily three starters. I'm but talking three guys that can get five or six innings in. Exactly. So you get Jackson Mullen. If he can get you to the fifth, even to the sixth, now you go to the first guy out of the pen, and then McCoy gets it or uh, – Caden or, or- – or Peyton Dine or somebody. Dine. I, yeah. I was thinking Dine. Get see where I'm going with this. So you got three, maybe four arms in there that he can say, "Hey, different arm slot, different pitches, that sort of thing." Okay, now all of a sudden it takes the other team a little bit of time to adjust to that. And what happens in the game of baseball is when you do that, you'll hear pitching coaches say this: other team, the other team has a really hard time getting into a rhythm, right? So if Mullen goes through the lineup two times and then Dine gets the ball or whoever, and they go through one time through the order, now all of a sudden you're in the sixth and seventh. Now you've really put the sword to them, and they've never really gotten into a rhythm because they're seeing different things, um, and, and that just happens. But you're right, Mother Nature, uh, there were supposed to be all kinds of games this week that just got turned sideways. Uh, Fort Mill was able to play uh, Monday night, had to make the trip down to Brooklyn Casey. Now, I did it as much research as I possibly could. I went back all the way to 2007. I could not find a time when Fort Mill and the Bearcats or Brooklyn Casey actually locked horns. By the way, Brooklyn Casey, the only other school in the state of South Carolina, nicknamed the Bearcats. Ironically, they both share the same color scheme as well, that maroon with gold and black. So if those two teams ever played each other, best of luck knowing who's who uh, because it's going to be really, really tough. I think you have to go back all the way to like 01 or 02 maybe. But nonetheless, the Brooklyn KC Bearcats are one of the top teams in 3A. Uh, they were 16-6 and going into that game, 10-0 and in Region 5-3A. The really stinking good team. Uh, Fort Mill lost that game 5-4. to uh, Jackets had their chances. The game turned in the fifth inning. Uh, there was some walks, a hit batter. It was a four-run inning for the Bearcats. Uh I came away very impressed uh, with young sophomore pitcher Tucker Gandy for Fort Mill. Uh, as a guy that really hasn't had a whole lot of appearances. He started the game, went four and two-thirds, five hits, only one run, walked two, struck out two, and he threw 85 pitches. A bigger part, he threw 95 pitches. Um, but I came away impressed with the Bearcats of Brooklyn Casey, uh, B.J. Etheridge, uh, the Thomas brothers, McMillan, and their first baseman, Murgo, I'm going to tell you about a play that happened that would blow your mind. It's literally one of those da-na-na, da-na-na. It was that good. And I really wish it would have been on video. Fort Mill player went to bunt, and the bunt was just a little pop, no more than five or six feet off the ground. And it just got about two to three feet onto the grass. 
hadn't hit the ground yet. Their first baseman, Murgo, out of nowhere, dives. And I mean swan dives and just picks this ball off the turf. His hat flies off, sunglasses going everywhere. People are just, just in awe of the catch. Like a cat, as he caught it, he just instinctively jumped to his feet and threw an absolute bullet to second for a double play. On a play that would have been a sacrifice bunt and moved the runner to third, ended up being basically a 3-6 double play, and that took the air out of the balloon, and Fort Mill uh, lost the game 5-4. to four. Fort Mill was supposed to play Nation Ford, I think, Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday, and finally Saturday morning came and played a little bit of baseball between the old foes, Nation Ford and Fort Mill, uh, both teams had a little bit of a different look to them, though, Keith, because uh, both teams fighting a little bit of the injury bug, illness. Uh, you run into that thing. It's what you were saying about Coach Doss and that 2019 team, that's one thing that every coach hopes they avoid, the injury bug and, and actually the virus bug as well. Uh, so both teams had some changes in the lineup. Um, the game really turned in the first inning, in my opinion. The Falcons, three consecutive walks, uh, had the bases loaded, uh, did not score. So then in the bottom of the first, there was a sacrifice fly uh, for Fort Mill. I believe it was Andrew Craddock. That's what I think it was. Uh, yeah. Who had the sacrifice fly. Uh, and that's when the game, you felt like whoever struck for, drew first blood was going to have a good shot at it. Well, Fort Mill started that inning with a double, then a walk. There was a sack bunt, then the sack fly, made it one nothing. That brought up Carter Blankenship to the plate. And on a hanging breaking ball that basically had a big neon sign on it that says, hit me, and he hit it. He hit it all the way out of the ballpark into the student parking lot. It was crushed. It's one of those where as a broadcaster you just go, swing and a drive, because you just, you just know it. Uh, that made it 3 nothing Jackets. It ended up being 5 nothing Fort Mill. And then Fort Mill tacked on a couple of insurance runs, one in the fifth, one in the sixth. The final score was Fort Mill 7 and Nation Ford, nothing. The final line score for the Falcons, no runs, no hits, two errors. For Fort Mill, seven hits, eight or seven runs, I beg your pardon, eight hits, and one error. I don't think a lot of people know this. Fort Mill won the series for the first time since 2019. That's the first time the Jackets have swept the Falcons since 2018. So it had been a minute. Right, and and I was actually trying to dig through my records uh, this morning about that and trying to figure out when the last time somebody got swept in this series. And yet, like you said, it was 2018, and that 2018 Falcons team was a team that that won the district championship. So you know, it's kind of you just never know what's going to happen in this series, and and you didn't really know what was going to happen in this game either because Fort Mill had one two two already. So they had already won the series. So would that affect them a little bit when they got onto the field? Maybe. NAFO had prom night. I mean, there's just there was a lot of things going on. You're not used to playing on a Saturday, especially a Saturday morning game. And so you just never knew what was going to happen from either team. And, and as a result, Fort Mill comes, comes away with the win and the number three seed from Region 3-5A. And, and that's... I really felt like you. We, we've seen this movie before where it's senior day and there's a lot of emotion. Moms and dads are crying. The kids, the realization that, hey, this may be the last time or one of the last times I play on this turf. 
uh, that team a lot of times will come out flat. Um, but that wasn't the case. It was it was really uh, interesting. It was very bizarre to say good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the hive. That's always a bit odd. Uh, not a fan of of morning baseball at all. Just be bluntly honest with you. Uh, but you're right. Fort Mill did get the three seed uh, in Region Three Five A. Fort or uh, Nation Ford, the fourth seed out of Region Three Five A. Both teams are in the playoffs. The Fort Mill Yellow Jackets Tuesday night at a 7 p.m. That is confirmed. 7 p.m. First pitch against the James F. Burns Rebels in Duncan, South Carolina. I'm very happy and pleased to announce that I have had communication with Athletic Director Russ Howard. He has been gracious enough to allow me permission to broadcast that game Tuesday night. So I will be in the press box in the home of the Rebels, Duncan, South Carolina, 7 p.m. Fort Mill at Burns. But Where? Keith, you said James F. Burns? James F. Burns. What's the F stand for? What? I, <laughs> Fitzgerald? Franklin. Francis? Franklin? I don't know. I just, I just about, trying to elaborate. How about this? We'll get Who our crack cares? research. We'll get our crack research team on that. I just, yeah, thought, we'll get, I just thought you'd give the other answer you were giving Mac earlier. is our research team. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, you said, you said crack research, right? So there you steady, go. Steady, steady. But going back to the game on Saturday, Initially, you know, it's it's kind of ironic because you know, you got two teams keeping game changer, and initially, Nation Ford had said that they were no hit, and before Mill had given a Nation Ford one hit, but then after I guess after further review, they had went back and and changed that to to no hits for Nation Ford. So I can't speak to how other staffs work. I'm not going to go down that road. They they run their operation how they want to and. But I can tell you that in the Fort Mill locker room, there are seven coaches on the staff, and every play gets dissected to the nth degree. And I know other coaching staffs do this. And we talk about a play; it gets you got to remember a play gets scored in the heat of the moment, right? And then as you're keeping score, especially a game changer, you have to immediately go to the next pitch, which only gives you so many seconds to make a decision. Well, that particular play that's in question, it's one of those where it could have gone either way. But basically, the discussion was, okay, if the player would have gotten there and a good throw, would they have gotten him? And maybe 50, I'm not really sure. But in that particular situation, the fielder had gracious plenty of time, didn't make a good throw. It was an error. And I think it got ruled as a hit initially, but they did get changed. Nobody's trying to pull any funny business. But the staff talked about it and said, hey, that, that's that's really what it should have been. And that's that's why we talk about these plays, to make sure that we get the call right. We'd rather get it right. That's the thing. And that's why we talk about plays. Do we argue about them? Absolutely. I mean, difference of opinion, because there some of that is subjective. I mean, Keith and I can call the same game and see the same play, and I'll put it as an E5, and he might go, nah, it's an infield hit, man. Well, and it – NAFO was the one that had it as a no-hitter originally. It was Fort Mill that scored it as a hit. And so going back and changing it, I mean, I'm okay with that. It's fine. And, and you know, if you look at it and, and decide that it's an error, and usually a lot of times we used to do this up in the booth during uh, Legion Ball. Uh, I'd sit up there with Lewis Bennett, and we'd look at each other and say, hit or error. I mean, and, and we'd discuss it a little bit and then finally got to a, a consensus as to what – what the actual play was, which is what you all did. If you, if you needed to yeah, which is what, what Fort Mill did in this situation, and I don't, I don't find any fault in that. I mean, you want to know what it really was instead of 
and they're just kind of dancing around it. It's it's one of those things. The conversation never went to well, what does this mean. It was is this play an error or is it a hit? Period. In the conversation, that was it. The call needs to be right, and and so that's what happened. So just so everybody understands, nobody was trying to pull any kind of funny. Not it at all. Basically, was talked about and was one of those things where it got scored in one person's opinion and then got talked about and got changed. You would be amazed at how often that happens because the reason that needs to be right is a lot of coaches depend upon those stats to make decisions. So if it's not correct, now they're making decisions on information that's – On faulty. bad data. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the integrity has been lost. So you have to make sure that that's right. in every single play from every single game, whether it's 10 nothing and you get boat raced or whether you beat somebody 15 to nothing. Every single play gets talked about, thought through, what should this have been, and, and scored pro, pro appropriately. That's what you want. Um, we talk about officials all the time. Hey, they got together, but they got the call right. Regardless of what the collateral damage is, they got the call right. And, and that I just want to make sure that point uh, gets across to everybody. But James and, Francis Burns. Thank you. Who Did you look that up? I did look that up. You looked that up. So y'all still thanks Google. Y'all still didn't go with my original James F. Burns. Dude, your I'm, humor. I'm, I am I highly understand. disappointed. I don't understand. <laughs> Not many people do. Okay, that's, that's why I charge by the hour. Anywho, so we get away from Max' uh, mental state of mind here. So Fort Mill is in the playoffs. I have to take on the Burns Rebels. That's on Tuesday night. The rest of that bracket uh, is not easy. Uh, in fact, I would argue it's maybe the second hardest bracket in the state. Um, I could ex give you a, a whole podcast as to why, uh, but basically that region now <clears throat> is um, that's excuse me that's District One. It always seems like every time Fort Mill makes it to the district. There's one or two. I don't know why that is. But T.L. Hanna, Region 1 champions, they beat Hillcrest Friday night to win Region 1. They're going to take on the Silver Foxes of Dutch Fork. That's Tuesday night. Fort Mill will take on the Burns Rebels. The Nation 4 Falcons, they are in the playoffs. Uh, they also have to make a trip to the Update Keith and to a place that I don't really think a lot of people in this town are familiar with because they don't really lock horns with them. But it's in the very edge of Greenville County, almost in the Anderson, and that's home of the Woodmont Wildcats. Well, and I've got to do some research on them tomorrow because I, I really – I don't recall us ever playing them in baseball ever, honestly. So it's going to be interesting for me to see what's going on. I know Coach Stack has already got some scouting out there, so he he's going to be able to help me out a little bit with them. But uh, it's going to be a nice long drive on Tuesday night to get down to face the Wildcats. I know the Wildcats came to Fort Mill, played the Jackets in the playoffs in baseball uh, several years ago. I want to say it was maybe 2018, maybe 2019. Michael Pettit was the head coach of the Wildcats. Um, that was his last game as head coach of the Wildcats. He became the head baseball coach and athletic director of his alma mater, which happens to be mine, and that's the Riverside Warriors. And by the way, he's still there, Riverside now in 4A and doing pretty well. Uh, thanks for asking. But the Falcons have to take on the Woodmont Wildcats. That game, I believe, is also Tuesday night. I'm not sure of a first pitch, 6.30 or 7. I haven't heard it yet. I, I haven't seen it on Game Changer, but I'd say 6.30 or 7 more than likely. The other part of that bracket is the Region 2 champion, Boiling Springs Bulldogs. They're going to take on the fifth seed out of Region 3. That's the Rock Hill Bearcats. So 
let's play the what if game for just a second. If Nation Ford wins and Rock Hill wins, the game's at Rock Hill. If Nation Ford loses and Rock Hill loses, the game is at Rock Hill. Uh, that's basically the synopsis there. For the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, it's a little bit different. Um, jackets are going to be on the road basically regardless, at least initially, uh, because if you look at the way the seedings go, the only way that Fort Mill could get a home game if this scenario happens, if Fort Mill goes to Burns and upsets the Rebels and Dutch Fork finds a way to get past T.L. Hanna, Dutch Fork is the number four seed out of Region 4, Fort Mill's the three seed out of Region 3, logic should tell you that would be Dutch Fork at Fort Mill, which would be Thursday night. But uh, that's a ifs and buts and candy nuts. While we're on baseball four, we get over to Catawba Ridge and, and finish that thought for just a second. Congratulations to the Gold Hill Middle School Bulldogs. I know we talk about high school athletics. They won the middle school championship. Outstanding season for them. Their record was gaudy. I think it was like 13-1-2. We're talking baseball. Baseball. Out, just amazing. So congratulations to those uh, young men. Outstanding job by those coaches, Coach Blackwell, all those uh, guys, uh, those baseball moms and dads that do a fantastic job. Those young people are going to turn into great baseball players. That's exciting to see. So congratulations to the Bulldogs. Catawba Ridge, obviously they took on Nation Ford on Monday. See. We know how that worked out. See. Who was their next victim? Uh, themselves. They lost to South Mac 3-2 to two in nine innings on, I think it was Friday. Um, basically, they, you know, it's one of those things they were supposed to play uh, NAFO again at home. They were still needing to have a senior, senior night. night. right. Yeah. So, um, they couldn't play them. They had originally scheduled Carolina Royals, uh, but they couldn't get a flight out of Kansas City. So, <laughs> see, my jokes aren't that bad. So, um, but then somehow ended up with South Mech. So South Mech came to the swamp and they they got a dub. And and, and just one of those things where you don't want to, you know, knowing that you got to play Monday and start the playoffs, you don't want to like you know throw you know your ace or anything like that so long story short uh you know they just they just kind of were flat and didn't didn't get the job done but it's they finished the regular season 20 and 5 and they have uh, another one of these uh teams where they have to play with the two first names or not two first names but depending on how you look at it mr hampton beckham no not mr beckham or miss beckham but mr hampton wade hampton, wade hampton. which one now that's a great question. It's the, it's the four. It's the four A Wade Hampton, Hampton, not the two A. Colleton County. Right? So it's got to be Greenville County. It's Greenville right? County, yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's I think that's two A. But but yeah, Wade Mr. Hampton was five A. Now they're four. Mr. Hampton comes to town and the, uh, the yeah General Hampton, yeah. not generally. And by the way, going back to Nation Four Fort Mode, just I want to make this point very very clear. There was a lot of scuttlebutt as to why. Games got canceled because Fort Mill had to play NAFO. Here's the reason why. That is a region game. You have to play region games, in particular when something's on the line and something was on the line. That's why that game took precedent over everything else. It wasn't anybody being more popular or a power play. That was for third place in Region 3-5A. Fort Mill had to play NAFO, period. Whether it had been Sunday night, 7 o'clock, Saturday morning at 7, whatever it was, 
that game had to be played to determine who was three and who was four. Well, you That's got a, why it you got another game. scenario in softball where Nation Ford and Clover are playing on Monday, May 1st, to finish up their region, and that needs to be played because if NAFO wins, they will finish second. If they lose, they'll finish third, which also that either gives them a home game in softball or they're on the road. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those things where – and ironically, Catawba Ridge was supposed to play Clover on May 1st to kind of have a tune-up before they started the playoffs the next day, but then now – at least that's not going to happen in, in nation and Catawba Ridge softball. They were supposed to play Lexington, and that got rained out early in the week, along with the monsoon that came through. So we talked to Michael Kidd last week, and he was amped up about that. He was excited. Uh, he, you could see it in his eyes. He wanted to have a go at, at Clover and at Lexington. He wanted to give it the old college try. So um, I'm actually heartbroken about that for those young ladies because it would have been a good game. It, oh, heaven, Jess. Um, if I wasn't working and on the air with the baseball broadcast, I'd have bought a ticket and been over at the Swamp. Um, I want to see that because uh, that would have been a humdinger for sure, but just didn't take place. Here's the other worry, though, as a coach, is now you've gone how many days without seeing quote-unquote live bullets, and they've got to start the playoffs this week. Yeah, they start the playoffs, um, I guess, against uh, Mr. Hampton's wife, Wade Hampton, it's the Lady Generals. So they they start the playoffs You're against them. A real thin line right here. Hey man, I'm just I'm walking, you know. So he wishes he was in Colleton County right now. <laughs> no, no one does. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they start their playoffs against Wade Hampton, and that's on on Tuesday. So I got all this written down because I'm I'm a, you know. Nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> but I do. I didn't read it down. Read so. It down. That's May 2nd, their first round. So, yeah, they haven't played a game since they boat raced Lancaster. I think it's been so long, I can't remember. Lancaster or Northwestern, whoever it was they last. Beat, I think. Uh, Northwestern. I, I it think, was Northwestern. I think it was Northwestern. Yeah. I think the final was 20-2. to 20-2. to two. Yeah, so they haven't played a game since then. They were supposed to play Clover. They were supposed to play Lexington. I don't think there's going to be a lot of rust. There probably shouldn't be. Um but then you, you go, you haven't played a game, like you said, in 10 days, roughly. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out. But, um, yeah, Catawba Ridge baseball team plays Wade Hampton and softball team plays Wade Hampton. So, And, by the way, speaking of the Northwestern Trojans, they thought their season was over. No. They got the at-large into the 4A softball playoffs. So, and if you look at the 4A. So the Trojans are still alive. If you look at the softball brackets on the high school league website, it's a total mess. Well, the 5A has all the 4A games. The the they've got <laughs> it's, Indyland it's, in 5A stuff. They've got York in 5A stuff. And Catawba Ridge. And it's one of those things where it's like. Well, that's because Catawba Ridge is 5A. Where I mean, they can play. Well, they well, could be they, in 5A they, and they, win they it all. The they've got really they've got Catawba easy. Ridge playing Rock Hill. Which oh, is not, right, and yeah, so it's just like, come on, can guys. Can we just say, consider the source? But is that um, fair to say? It's just, it's, it's. I'm just saying. I mean, the opinions expressed on this program do are not necessarily <laughs> reflect those of any of the three high schools in town. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so it's very. I mean, if you're if you're if trying you to look to be at politically it, correct, you came to the wrong place. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to look at it, you're going to get all confused because it took me like a couple double takes. I'm like, what? I'm like, Indyland's not playing Dorman. So 
long story short, no. if going back to softball, if Nation Ford beats Clover, they will um they will play Dorman. And or if they lose, they will play um Bowling Springs. So if they finish second, they'll play Bowling Springs. If they finish third, they're at Dorman. So that game is May third. So there you go. That's where they can stay. And Clover's already wrapped up the region. It's just now a matter of does Nation Ford finish second or third. And if they if the Falcons finish second or third, where does that leave the Lady Jackets of Fort Mill and Coach Jamison's squad? They will be playing at Hillcrest no matter what. So that's where they, they will start their playoff run at Hillcrest, being 5A defending state champs. That's where they start, which is not an easy task to undertake. So... They're already locked in. I actually talked to uh, Coach Jameson um, at the Fort Mill for a baseball game because he was there. Don't know if you saw him, but he was there. Um, and he said they're locked in at uh, Hillcrest, and that's where they open things up. So, Well, I did see him, and, and speaking of Coach Will Jameson, uh, I want to tip my hat to him and, and say a huge thank you to him. Um, unprovoked, he was not asked. On Friday afternoon, uh, they were off. His team was off, so he jumped in his gator and he came over to the baseball field and worked his tail end off. Uh, he worked, he worked, he worked, um, and asked for nothing in return. Um, that shows you character. That shows you what kind of guy he is. And um, we'll return the favor as a baseball program. If he needs anything, obviously we're going to return that favor. But that was huge for him uh, to come over – Use his gator, his shop vac, his buckets, uh, his brooms. Uh, jumped right in. Had a, a, a one of those backpack jet blower things that just blew water all over the place. Trying to get the field ready to play, but um, we tried Friday. We tried. It, it's the old college try, but you know it is. It is what it is. Well, it but, rained so bad Thursday night and overnight that well, the, I mean it was it was like so loud and you could. You know, if anybody knows anything about the the field out at Fort Mill, it's 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 like a sponge, and it like just absorbs water, and it like and there was so much water on there that it's 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 my, bad. My neighbor has a rain gauge uh, on the side of her house where I can see it from my patio door, and I live literally six tenths of a mile to the west of here. Put it to you this way. When my wife works from home and she takes a little walk around the circle in front of our house, she can hear the bell ring. That's how close to Fort Mill High School we live. I say that to tell you that if the rain gauge had five inches in it and it was overflowing, you know that's what it was doing on that field. So just put that in the back of your mind and think about that for just a second. It it Water's got to go somewhere, and it just takes time. You can't... It, it, this, it, it's not a big enough shot back to get it this off. This isn't the Atlanta Braves or, or the, the Cincinnati Reds or anything like that where a field is built on 18 inches of all this fancy stuff in an underground. Like Clemson has a, a sophisticated underground water system. Literally an hour after a downpour, that field's ready to play. It's called an aquifer. I don't care what you call it, but it's complicated and it costs a lot of money. It was six digits for, for Clemson to do that. And the Clemson engineers did all a lot of the work, so they still got cost cut. But um, it, it's not an easy equation. Is the point is, it's not as easy as it might seem um, to pull that off. So, but the good news is, teams are in the playoffs 
um, all the way around. Um, playoffs. Playoffs. And, and that's great because that's what you wanted. To, we talked about this back in the fall when we first got started with this silly podcast. And basically it was, we hope we're sitting here in May and we're talking about state championships in the playoffs. Well, guess what? One state championship in the trophy case, hopefully more to come. And it's almost May. And it is almost May. We're on the doorstep. And just about all the all the teams that we have here in the spring are still alive for the most part anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the lacrosse season's over, but you know, we've Soccer teams have got playoff yeah. bids, baseball, softball. I mean, we're, we're looking yeah. pretty good over here. And, and going into soccer, um, Catawba Ridge boys won their region. They get a first-round bye. They will open up May 3rd against uh, either South Aiken or Easley at the pit. Uh, Nation Ford boys, they will open at Burns, their first-round game tomorrow night. James Francis Burns. Yeah, him too. Um they were open with Francis, Ooh. Francis, Ooh. and Stop Fort Mill boys will open with um, the radio team. Am I get it? T.O. Hanna. There you go, T.O. Hanna Radio. Great movie, a great guy. Um, so they will open being region winners. They will open tomorrow hosting Hanna. Uh, girls soccer for Fort Mill heads to Bowling Springs on May second. The uh, NAFO girls head to. Radio team, there you go, T.L. Hanna. Hanna. On May 2nd as well, and then the uh, CR girls open uh, at home May 2nd against the Riverside Warriors. So I know a thing or two about and them. And I guess considering they, they split their region series with Anyland, they got they got the two seed. Anyland's got a bye in the first round. Um, so I guess... It's what happens when it comes down to points and things like that. So, but you know, CR girls should should do well. I would think that they could take on the Warriors and, and win that one. So, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> well played. I like that. Lighten up. If any, if you're a movie buff, you know where that came from. Um, so that leaves us with uh, another round ball. That's soccer. Yeah. And where do we stand? Don't look at me like that. I can't help it. Okay. It's I understand. There's only so much you can do with this. <laughs> what do you mean, where do we stand? Well, I mean, everything's pretty much done. We're getting ready to head into the playoffs, and that was your laundry list of playoff teams. And I think the Catawba Ridge boys have the best shot out of out of that group. I mean, they're 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 again. They haven't played in a while. They've kind of got the same thing. The uh, the Girl, the CR softball team was supposed to, you know, they were supposed to have several games this past week, but it rained so much. And normally, you know, soccer is a, a game you play in the rain no matter what. But, you know, they had cancellations. They were supposed to play Blythewood. At one point in time, they were supposed to play Fort Mill. But Fort Mill had to get, get games in, um, so region games. So they had to cancel some of those things. So that's pretty much where we stand. It, they have a good shot to go pretty far. Their biggest obstacle to getting to a state title is going to be Riverside in the third round. Again, they got a first round bye. Second round, they're going to see the winner of South Aiken and Easley, which they should win. And then that's when they're going to run into, or uh, would be run into Riverside on in the third round. And that would be a home match for them. So that's that's good. They've got 
you know, home field advantage pretty much throughout the playoffs. So we'll see. They could they could very easily in a couple of weeks be playing down in Columbia for a state title. Well, let's hope for that for sure. So um, super proud of all these teams. Um, oh, yeah. It's been a grueling season. There's a lot of really good teams in these regions. I mean, Region 3, 4A is, is hard in everything. Region 3, 5A is hard in everything. Um, so to be able to just make the playoffs. But as we've seen with just recent history, once that door is open in the playoffs, everybody's 0-0, zero and zero, everybody starts over, and you you can be the best team all you want, but you want to be the team playing the best going in. And that's the team that's going to make a run like what NAFO did in lacrosse. You get on that roll and you just become an avalanche. And it's just one victim after another, bang, bang, bang. Next thing you know, you're holding up a trophy, either gold or silver. Um, so that that's just great accomplishments all the way around. So congratulations to all those young men and women for sure. Um, I'll say this, Philip McCarter, head coach of the Catawba Ridge Copperheads uh, boys team, I think they've won, what, four straight region championships and yeah, at least, um, at least, I think I think the yeah, one three. thing missing off his resume is that state championship this year could be the the year he gets it done. Yeah, it could very well be. I mean they they're very loaded. I think on senior night they had eleven kids they were honoring. I mean that's your I mean, you could start all eleven for seniors and you know, that took like nearly an hour just to honor all them. Because, I mean they you know they they did it they really did it up and so yeah, that's a that's a lot of experience out there on the field playing with each other, and and it's just one of these sports that you know they play year round. So it's a lot of experience for Catawba Ridge. And and I say this because I know uh, Philip very well personally. Um, good guy, and you really want to pull hard for for people that do the right things. They're they're involved in their community. They're there for uh, the kids, and and he is. He's just. As we say in the South, he's good people. Um, so wish him all the best for sure. But, guys, that's another week in the books. I'm exhausted. Um, we're going to go into the playoffs with all these games. We're going to keep tabs on all of this stuff and who's doing what and where and when and how. And next week, hopefully, we're going to be talking about what all these teams are going to be doing in the next round of the playoffs. That's what we hope for all three high schools. Uh, if you have any questions for us, please shoot us an, uh, an email, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that stuff, we're, we're real, real easy to find. If you want to be on the show, let us know. Like I said, we're going to hunt down Coach Will Jamison. Um, he did corner me in the parking lot a couple of days ago, and he's like, well, you had on Michael and you had on Craig. What, what about me? Uh, so we're we I've, obviously we hadn't forgotten about you, Will. We're going to get you on for sure because um, you know, good people, again. So And he's done a great job, uh, especially considering all that Fort Mill lost. But we'll have him on the show hopefully next weekend uh, for y'all. So, that will do it for us for this podcast. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be and for all your support. Uh, our podcast is getting a little bit more popular, a little more popular. That's because of y'all. All the credit goes to y'all. We wouldn't be here without you, and we certainly do appreciate uh, y'all being with us. But, again, if you have any questions or concerns, we're all ears, and we will take everything into consideration unless you ask us to be politically correct, and then probably the answer would be probably not. Well, you could be politically correct. You just can't have me on anymore. Well, that would probably, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better way. To, that's why he's the journalist, and I'm not. But uh, but anyway, on behalf of my buds, that's Keith Cook. He's Mac Banks. I'm JT. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you kids next week for another edition of Mally Mel Towners. And until then, so long, everybody.